hello and welcome to According to John. I just want to take the time today to say thank you for listening to this podcast. And I sure appreciate uh, your time and know that you're taking the time to listen to According to John. If this podcast has helped you, please like, share, subscribe, follow, uh, tell someone else about it. When you hit that like button, it lets the algorithms know uh, that you like it and it helps grow this podcast. So if you would do that, that would be fantastic and so appreciated. And today I hope you enjoy the podcast. God bless. The Holy Spirit was saying it's time to make a decision. Time to make a decision. You know, America's at its crossroads. I mean, legitimately at its crossroads. She is uh, um, uh, uh, the Titanic. Uh, our, our glacier is sin, uh, namely um, LGBTQIAA and, and whatever rest of the alphabet they're going to attach to it as time goes down the road. Our... Uh, uh, our glacier is social media. Our glacier is media. Our glacier is our government. Our glacier is silent Christians. Our gla- lately we have this, this massive glacier, but it encompasses everything. And I thought, man, you know what? Uh, today is decision time. It's decision time. And if you're a Christian today... You, you are going to be in a position that you're going to have to make a decision. Because we have a country that is quickly eroding. And it's eroding, I mean, I, look, at, look at our food. It's, it's nothing but processing chemicals. I mean, t- 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 tell me one thing pure in our country anymore. The heart of man is fixed on and set on sin. Uh, the, our, our country is is going uh, uh, far left, and and the and the and the the right is silent. And the right needs to be shouting from the rooftops. The Christian needs to dig in. I've been told, uh, and as a matter of fact, I've had some people leave the church because they said politics don't belong in the pulpit. And I'm going to stand here today and as loudly and boldly as I can say this without, okay, I'll offend, obviously. If you keep politics out of the pulpit, then what you're saying is, I'll let the world run amok. You, the Christians can't be silent. We've got to get in the pulpit. We, uh, listen, listen a Christians got to get in the government. Because they gotta, there's got to be a voice that is, is, if it's not a stop sign, it's at least a yield, a slow down, amen? amen. Something to tell this, this, this government, you can't keep running this way. And, and, and I'll tell you how crazy the, the left is. Uh, Chelsea um, um, Clinton, thank you. <laughs> I try to forget them. They just... <laughs> It was working for a moment. <laughs> you ruined it. Thanks. Um, no, Josie Clinton wrote this whole blog, and in the blog she said, um, the Christians are the problem with society. And I thought, good, right? 
Christians need to be a stop sign or at least a yield sign, a, a slow sign. Some Christians need to, to get in the gap and go, there's enough crazy. And it, because listen, guys, you don't like the world you're living in, and it's because Christians have been silent far too long, and they've allowed the world to take over. And see, all of a sudden, we don't like it. But that's what happens if you keep politics out of the pulpit. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and preach politics, but it is Independence Day, and it was politics that created Independence Day. So should I be silent? No. Thank you. And for those of you who are sitting there going, yes, you're part of the problem. And you're like, I didn't like it. I, I figured that out before I said it. Here's some famous words that I'm going to read. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among, those, uh, among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. For the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance upon the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And when this was said, the Liberty Bell rang. What many people don't realize is what was on the Liberty Bell. Uh, go to Leviticus 25.10, please. So this is what's inscribed on the Liberty Bell. And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. And just hold it right here. So what happened was when they came, uh, uh, when our uh, forefathers came from being uh, enslaved politically, and that's why they, they, they left England. They went, I, I got to get out. We got to find a land where we can worship and serve our God freely. Because in Britain, they had to serve, the, the British had to serve uh, the state religion. And the state religion was contrary to the word of God. And they said, no, we've had enough. And they left and they came and they fought and they died and, and, and founded America on the gospel. And the Liberty Bell has this on there because when they read this, they said, listen, it shall be a jubilee, a celebration, a time of joy, amazing. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possessions, and each of you shall return to his family. Look at this. And proclaim liberty throughout all the land and to all its inhabitants. And if you pay attention today, we are not proclaiming liberty throughout all the land to all of its inhabitants. We have allowed, we have allowed aliens to come in. Aliens are simply foreigners or, those, foreigners or those who don't belong to the land in which they live. And you see it all through Scripture. And some people don't like this language, but it's like, oh, my goodness, if you start being politically correct, you might as well just shoot yourself now because you're never going to get it right. Schools that are, are their, 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 their nickname or whatever is the warriors, and it's like, oh, that's offensive and that's too manly. Take it off. And it's like, come on, guys, when do we stop? 
Cleveland Indians been the Cleveland Indians for forever. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, Indians are bad. Uh, use the term Indians as offensive. Take it off. And, and it's like, are you kidding me? Stop. And even the Indians that it, was, that, that it was named after because it was named after a chief that was on the team. And, and their whole family said, no, this is an honor to us. And they had to take it off. And, and so now it's Cleveland Guardians. No, it's Cleveland Indians. Washington Redskins. Let's stop the crazy. The syrup. Aunt Jemima. She was an amazing person. No, it's offensive. Take it off. And, 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 and the blacks are like, no, this is our heritage. Leave it alone. And like, oh, it's offensive because, see, it's all about programming. And, and when, our, when our forefathers started this country, they were like, no, it's freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom. And I'm just here to tell you, we need to make a decision today. Are we going to stand for freedom or are we going to continue to allow the bulldozer of, of, of insanity to run us over and bury us? Like, we need to stop. We need to stop the crazy. We need to stop it. We need to be vigilant to protect freedom. Galatians 2, 20 and 21 says this. And Paul was teaching the church of Galatia because the church of Galatia was having its issues. They were, they, were, they were on the bubble of compromise. And Paul's like, no, no, listen. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then he goes on, he says, I do not set aside the grace of God. We can't set aside the grace of God. We can't do that. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Guys, we, we, we can't set aside the grace of God anymore. We can't do it. Because, because we're not living for Christ or we're silent as a whole, this is what we have. Turn on the news. We, we, we got sin running amok. And, and my, my title of this sermon is Decisions. And guys, we're, we're there. It's, it's time to make a decision because I, I can't get up here and preach about freedom. And it's senseless to say remember because for some reason nobody can remember 30 minutes after they walk out of here. So if I can get you to think about where we're at and what we need to do, maybe you'll look at it as homework and take it home and start practicing it. Amen? Amen? Guys, I'm just saying, like, like at some point, we, we have to stop the crazy. And so as the Liberty Bell rang out, guys, we need to ring out the truth of God's grace. And we need to understand that it's, it's decision time. So before any battle is won on the field, which was done in the beginning of our country, we have to win the battle in our minds and our hearts. See, some of you, you're wishy-washy Christians at best. 
And then you really got to ask yourself, am I really a Christian? Like, is this genuine in my heart? Because if you can't settle that, you're part of the problem. The world, listen, I'm telling you guys, the world is taking over. And we were talking last Wednesday night, and I think it's Michigan. I, I, I think it is, yes. <laughs> but Michigan now is uh, uh, proposing and trying to put a law in place that if churches preach what I'm preaching now, speak out against LGBTQIAA, speak out against transgender dysphoria, or do, if they speak out against it, they can be fined up to $100,000 and one to 10 years. In America! In America! <laughs> And now you know what they're doing? They're taking agents and placing them in the churches around the country to see who's doing it. They're going out and they're looking at their social media and if they've preached the sermon, they're gone. I'm like, if they pass that in New York, I'm... <laughs> it's, it's over. It's over. It's rice and beans for a long time. It's over. But what should we do? We need to settle in our heart and our mind that we're going to stand for Christ. We need to settle it. We need to settle it. Because, guys, if you don't settle it here, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you can't decide in here, then that means you'll join out there. Or you, if you don't join, you're just quiet, which is permission. We need to settle it in our heart and our minds. On March 23rd, 1775, the, the battle had to be won in, in the Virginia House of Burgesses in Williamsburg, Virginia. And, and guys, here's what's crazy. I'm, I'm going to quote and say some things here that you kids have never heard because you kids are told that, well, you're not even, here's the great, you're not even told about America. You guys believe all this LGBT crap is for real, and it's not. It's destructive. You guys are told America's part of the problems and white people's the problems. Guess what? It's not. If you would actually go back and read the history of this country, you would find that your forefathers died for this country to give you the liberty to live stupid if you want to. Or, I mean, brutish. <laughs> Forgot that word for a moment. But you young people, you, 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 here's what's crazy. You young people, you love getting out on social media and you think that that's all the hype. And guess what? That's what's killing you and that's what's causing the problems. You keep believing all the junk. Find things way too humorous. And then when we talk about church, you're like, up. Oh! Go past it up. It's not worth it up. It's ridiculous. And so guess what happens? God gets thrown out. Satan gets brought in. Happy 4th of July Independence Day because independence will simply be a word. It will not be a country. And we need to stop. Like, we need to stop. I wanted to come in here today and give a whole bunch of, like, goody-goody stuff. But, guys, the truth is our country's in trouble. Are, are there, what what goody goody can I give? 
We are in trouble. We are on life support. Sin has gone so far in all the world that the birth pangs have begun. The labor pains have begun for Christ's return. And this young generation, you think it's all frou-frou and hula hoops and whatever else you think. And I'm telling you, you're going to pay a heavy, heavy, heavy price. And you can look at me, and you can look at me with this arrogant stare in your face like you think you know better. See all this gray? I promise you I'm right, you're wrong, and you're going to feel the effects of the Bible because I'm only right because I'm preaching the Word of God. And your school has lied to you. They have lied to you from the pit of hell, and you're going to pay a price. Oh, by the way, you know how you know that they're lying to you? Because it's dividing you and your family. It's dividing you and your mom and dad. Don't, let, don't listen to parents. They're wrong. Do you know that they passed a law? The school does not have to tell you, mom and dad, about anything about your children. As a matter of fact, they're allowed to take your child down to have an abortion if she wants, and you do not have the right to know. They have the right to take your child. You guys didn't know that? Read up on the laws that's passing. I'm telling you guys, this is in, we, we, are in, we are in deep trouble. They bring in, are you ready for this? The schools bring in changes of clothing, give your child a new identity, the whole nine while they're there. They don't need to tell you that. Some children are committing suicide because the school is convincing them that they're the opposite sex that they are. And the children don't know what to do with it, and they're too afraid to come home, won't tell their parents because the school tells them don't say anything. And now these children don't know what to do, and they're committing suicide. Happy Independence Day. Guys, I'm just telling you, like our country, I wish I could come up here and go, whoo, hot dogs and hamburgers tomorrow. Watermelon, this was amazing, it's good, but guys, it's not amazing and it's not good anymore. Our watermelon aren't even real anymore. And we don't know what's in the hot dogs. We definitely don't know what's in the, in the hot dogs. But I'm going to tell you, Patrick Henry understood that the time was at hand where there had to be a call to action. And this was his speech. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war has actually begun. And, I, and I'm, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, that's us today. The war has actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. If you notice here, there is no, this is, there's no period except for the very first one. And now it's like, bam, man, guys, I need your attention. That's what he's saying. And you might be sitting there thinking, Pastor, why are you yelling? Because nobody's listening. Our brethren are already in the field. Do you realize that today... Missionaries are dying all over the place or being executed because they stand for the gospel in other countries and they're being executed. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What does that gentleman wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. 
And it should be so ingrained in our heart. Give me liberty or give me death. Do you know why people choose the world over God? Because they don't know God. Do you know why Christians are supporting the LGBTQIAA groups and hating on other Christians that don't agree with it? Because they don't know God. I'm telling you. Right, right here, give me liberty or give me death. We should say, give me Jesus or give me death. And many Christians, you're not going to choose Jesus when the time comes because I don't know if you know him. I don't know if you know him. And, and, the, and the day is coming. The day is coming. Give me liberty or give me death. And so before there could be freedom in America, there had to be a willingness to die for freedom in the hearts of Americans. And I'll just be quite honest with you. The generation today, the arrogant, the arrogance, I'll just rephrase it. The arrogance to think that you have what you have because it's just freely given, there's been a cost. Many of my family members died for that cost. Many of your family members died for that cost. There was many a sacrifice. And you act like you uh, are owed it. You're not. You're not. Today in our military, we have drag queens and queers, homosexuals, drag queen parties. Doesn't even sound good. Joshua 24, 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And guys, I'm just going to tell you, you're at a crossroads today. Decisions. That's why I titled it Decisions. Choose this day whom you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. Choose. And some of you are like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not picking sides. Well, no, you already have. Because, see, you can't ride the fence because Satan owns the fence. Did, did you hear what I'm telling you? There is no neutral. Satan owns the fence. You are either living or you are dying. You are either choosing God or you automatically get Satan. Choose this day. And I, I go to this passage because I want you to see that there's always a battle and you might be the only one standing and you're going to have to make a decision. And I go to this passage because I want you to see that if you stand with God, God stands with you and God will deliver you. I want you to see in this passage that even if it's just you, you boldly take a stand and proclaim God. So in this passage, what we have is we have a meeting that has been called for Ahab and Elijah to come together. God's like, uh, Elijah, I need you to go, and you need to have a meeting with Ahab, and, and you need you, you, there's going to be a big discussion. Because if you remember, what happened was uh, Elijah called for there to be no rain. And so for a span of three and, three and a half years, yeah, there was no rain. Well, this, this was a huge problem because Ahab 
and, and, and the people and Israel, the Israelites joined the people in not believing in God and in believing in the Baal. Well, Baal is the false god. And you say, well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, this is a false god that, that they would pray to for rain. Right? And so they're praying to Baal for rain, and that's why God said, Elijah, just pray and shut up the heavens. Just shut them up. I'll honor that for you. And boy, they hated Elijah because they knew what he did. And now they're like, Elijah's a troublemaker. Matter of fact, they wanted to take Elijah out, but they knew better than to touch God's man. I'm going to just tell you, like, they were still somewhat bright. They weren't LED. They were still halogen, but you get the idea, right? And so look here in 17. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, and Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? Is that you? You're such a troublemaker. You're the one that caused this problem. I love how he calls him out. Like, that was the hello. That was the, that was like, that was the intro, right? So look here in 18. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and had followed the Baals. The Baals, the false gods. I love this, right? Because he's like, you, if you look at today, who are the troublemakers? Christians. And we can go, oh, I'm not, I'm not the troublemaker. It's you because you have left God and followed the Baals, the false gods. Do, do you see the resemblance today? Verse 19, he goes on. And I, I just love this passage just through, of Scripture through here. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. <laughs> send me all the Israelites and all the ones who serve Satan. That's what he said. Because what he wants to do is he wants Israel to see who the true God is so he can bring Israel back into the fold of God because sin has taken them out. They have forsaken who they are. And they serve false gods. Man, it kind of looks like we're reliving 1 Kings, doesn't it? May, or maybe it's just me. I, I don't know. Yeah, go figure. Who knows? Verse 20. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. Notice the king's listening to the prophet. He knows. <clears throat> Verse 21. And Elijah came to all the people and said, and this is the passage that I want you to get. How long will you falter between two opinions? Some of you here today, you're between two opinions. You used to believe what the Bible said, but now the world has captured your attention and you think that the multitude is right and the few are wrong. You think that the world is right and God is wrong. They've, they've captured your attention. And, and I'm going to tell you, if you choose the world, you're not of God. And you will go to hell. And you're like, you can't say that, Pastor. My pulpit, yes, I can. 
Verse 21, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But at Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. <laughs> and you go, what's so funny about that? Because <laughs> I talk to people like that every day. I'm telling you, I'm living, I'm living first kings. I feel like Elijah sometimes. I just can't, don't have the command over, over the rain or else I would have called it off yesterday. Joshua said it, and Elijah says it. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord's God, follow him. If the Lord is God, follow him. And if he's not, go the way of the world. But let me help you out. There is a massive cost to go the way of the world. And the problem is, you don't believe it. But shock will soon set in. And you're going to experience it. Listen, the way of the world has, is, is diseased. So then, in verse 22, it goes on. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. What he's saying here is, <clears throat> I stand here by myself. Now, he did feel alone, and he told God, and God's like, boy, I got 7,000 more. Go, go, go whine, wipe your eyes, eat, and then get back to work. Right? You're not alone. Because sometimes, as Christians, we feel alone. Amen? I'm just saying, guys, as I read this, this fits us or America so cleanly. Do you feel alone if you talk about Jesus? Yeah, but you still need to talk about Jesus. You still need, and, and, and I'm, I'm about to give you the victory side of why. In Corinthians, it says, your labor is not in vain. You, you have to stand. I think it's 1 Corinthians 15, 58 is what it is. Know that your labor is not in vain. Keep standing. So Elijah here in 22 says, Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left in the prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let, let them give us two bulls. Now, now he's letting them choose the bulls because this is significant. And the significance in this is they're going to pick the absolute best because if they pick the absolute best, then the gods will be happy and they'll respond. And they're going to give Elijah the diseased, nasty one, right? Because there's no sacrifice that makes God happy like a diseased bull. And so Elijah's like, you, you, you pick the bulls. Uh, do whatever you want. So he says, let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. <clears throat> and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. They're like, we're in. We accept your challenge. Oh, the naivety of them all, right? 
They're like, yeah, this is good. I'll take it. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves, prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire in it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from, now look here. Guys, this is significant. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us, but there was no voice no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. Go ahead, next. <clears throat> and so it was at noon, Elijah mocked them. <laughs> it's like, all right, this is, where, this is where people are like, Elijah, you're just not nice. <laughs> you, you see they're desperate, and you're making fun of them. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and you guys think that I'm mean, but I'll listen, I'm telling you, I am taking great joy in this passage. And you know why? Because it shows the hilarity of when people think God is not God and that they have a better answer. And I'm going to show you, though, and then this is the sad part. They do what the world does today. And you watch. You watch, guys. There's nothing new under the sun. And this is what's going to break your heart. But at any rate, Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God, either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. Well, that, or he is busy, some, some uh, uh, translation says, or he is on the toilet. No, I'm, I'm serious. Some of them do. I don't know about if I agree with it, but it does add humor to the situation. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them, and then it goes on, it says, bottom half of that, so they cried aloud. And look what they did. They cut themselves. You know, we have cutting going on today. It's huge with teenagers. What are they cutting for? A response. A response. They're cutting for a response. Whether it's that adrenaline response, you know, the endorphins that gets released when you do it, like a drug gives you, maybe that's what it's for. But it's to no avail. It's, it's to no avail. This isn't going to help them, and it's not going to help anyone else that does it. It's sinful. <laughs> it's desperation. Do, do you see this? Cutting yourselves is desperation if you're doing it today. So they cried aloud, cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. Next verse. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken. Because they went away broken and in despair because false gods do not answer prayer. God answers. God is God. God controls it all. God can open the doors and God can close the doors. And all you are left with if you're serving Baal, a false god, is scars and pain and defeat, which is where our country is. 
And Elijah says to all the people, all the people are the Israelites that are there. He calls the Israelites over. And he's guys, guys, repair the altar. And you know what it is to fix the altar. You've done this multiple times. Repair the altar. And so the Israelites come and they repair the altar. Go ahead and next verse, please. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed, which are like bushels, big, big bushels. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces. I, I want you to notice one word here because uh, what you're going to see is uh, when, when they were sacrificing uh, to their bales, uh, things were out of control. Amen? You, you saw they were dancing and shouting and crying and weeping and wailing and cutting themselves till blood was gushing out. Listen, they... They, they were, it was chaos, because that's what Satan is, is chaos. Look at our world, it's chaos. And if you choose the world of LGBTQIAA, it's chaos. It's chaos. And I love when I say that and then people smirk. And I'm like, you have no clue. You have no clue what's coming your way. You have no clue of the pain, the desperation, the confusion, the loneliness, the anger, the anguish, the depression. You have no clue what's coming your way when you follow Baal. God is not mocked. Pay attention. You'll learn, you'll grow, you'll know. The sad part is if you still choose to walk away, don't be angry at anybody that told you opposite of what you walked. Don't be angry at God because God didn't choose this for you. See, guys, I, I titled this Decisions because that's where we are in America. We're at the crossroads of decisions. And you can't get mad at the Christian who told you the truth because now you're, you're living out what they told you but didn't want you to live it out. But notice what happens here. And he put the wood in order. If you notice, everything that Elijah had been doing, he had been doing in order. And he did it for a purpose and a reason that always led back to God and honored God. Pay attention, because this is huge. And then he says, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. Now, the water pots would take two men to lift. They would typically be almost the size of this and, and about this big around. And it would take two men, men, to lift. And they'd carry it over. And then they would pour it in. And then he says this, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. Four of those. Like 55-gallon drum of water. And then he says, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. He said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. Please, next verse. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to go outside and start a fire after a torrential downpour. You go out and you try to start your wood that's been setting out in that rain, um, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's, it's not, right? Amen? Everybody with me? Amen? Everybody with me? 
Okay, I just want to make sure you're still awake here. Next verse. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. They let it soak all in so it would be good and like a wet garment that had been setting outside in the rain, and then you walk out and pick it up. It's, it's saturated. It's not going to burn. Or the newspaper. Some of you will never know what that is, but the newspaper that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. You notice he's not taking, there's nothing in this for him. He's not doing this for him. If you notice, the other ones were doing it for them. He's not doing it for him. Look here. You are God in Israel. I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Next, please. And, I, and I'm getting ready to finish up, guys. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again and that you have turned their hearts. Listen, he's like, God, the whole purpose of this is to get the people to see you. Isn't that what we should do? In a time when people are desperate and hurting and confused and depressed, do you realize that at this point, seven out of every 10 kids are on anti-depression medicine? which only causes more depression and confusion and suicidal thoughts. Why are we putting our children on this? It's, 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 it's. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. <laughs> it's like <laughs> dust, dust. And you're like, what? Out of drenched Wood drenched, I mean, water in the trenches. Oh, yep. Dust. Look here. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, Yahweh, that's that, all caps, L O R D is Yahweh. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. I have this question for you today. What is it going to take? What does God have to do to you or show you where you will reach the point and say, the Lord, He is God. And the truth is, guys, God may show you through a lot of pain and heartache. That has happened. I want you to see before that pain and heartache comes. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And Elijah said to them, them, the Israelites, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. He took a sword and beheaded them. And what I want you to see is we're at the point where it's going to take war to win back our country. And I'm not saying go out and behead people. Don't do that. You'll go to jail. Don't do that. But what I am saying is you're going to have to fight, and Christians quit fighting. That's the problem. 
If you read Revelation chapter 19, you will see that Jesus, when he comes back for Armageddon and we're going to come back with him, there's going to be war. And he's going to kill all those who went against him. War. Many are going to die. And for those of you who are like, there can't be war. God's a God of love. God, I'm telling you, read Revelation chapter 19. Jesus comes back and kills the multitude. As a matter of fact, he, in, I believe it's in that chapter, he even invites all the birds of the air to come and feast on the horses, the men, the kings. Come back and he says, come and have a feast. Feast on the kings and the people of ungodliness. In other words, the vultures are going to come and eat the horses and the people that are dead. They're going to clean up the mess. Do you know why? Because sometimes, guys, it takes a fight to kill evil. And if you're not willing to fight, you're not going to have much independence. All through Scripture, we see the fight. And even Elijah, when he's like, this is the real God, and the real God shows himself, and the people wake up and they see this is Yahweh, and the first thing they do is they kill the evil. And I think that if we want to celebrate or continue to celebrate Independence Day, we need to kill evil. But that means you've got to stand for God. Quit giving in. Quit allowing sin to reign. Quit giving the, 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 the sinful LGBTQIAA and the Black Lives Matter and all these other groups. Quit giving them permission to take away your rights. Quit giving them permission to, to take your God and try to put him in a box so you serve their God. Stop. You say, well, they won't like me. Well, praise God, that's one less you got to deal with. Today, you need to choose. It's decision time. You need to choose which God you're going to serve. And if you don't choose Jesus Christ, you've automatically gotten Satan. Because those are your only two choices. That's your only two. And so if you say, I don't choose God, you get Satan. Because you've already got Satan. Choose this day. Choose this day. And may I say this, choose wisely. Well, I hope that that podcast was a blessing to you. And again, if you would, please like, share, subscribe, follow, and uh, tell a friend about it. And until next time, God bless.